0: A real life comedy podcast designed to lighten you up make you laugh and get you off your ass now that's kristen being kristen are you freaking kidding me start the show
1: All right, everyone, it is Chicken in the Bag podcast. Uh, Today is another episode. Today, we're going to have my friend Scott St. Marie on. We're going to be doing a little uh, talk about mental health and how you're not your mental illness. It's a little bit of a different conversation on the mental health topic, but um, I always love talking to him, so we're going to get him in here and get started. What's up, Scott? How are you?
0: Hey, I'm in Canada, so (laughs) (laughs) we're doing okay, I think.
1: Oh, I know. I mean, I am telling you, this has been quite, uh, God, I'm going to say two years, really, because now we're like going into the year and a half, Mark, almost, you know, so it's been a very long ordeal. Yeah. Um, I met you during the the first like lockdown, and I was trying to keep people's sanity during my Instagram live, and I had to come on, and we kind of talked about mental health, and I just loved your point of view, and um, we kind of became friends, and I came on your show, and I was like, you know what, I'd love to have Scott back on and check in with him, because I think that you kind of approach... Mental illness and mental health from kind of a a different point of view than a lot of people uh, like to probably approach it from. So maybe not everybody agrees with your point of view, but I actually love it and I think it's an important um, point of view. So thank you for joining us today, Scott.
0: I I really appreciate the invite and it's so good to see you again.
1: Yes. So um, one of the things I love about what you talk about is I hate boxes, I hate categories, and I really feel like One of the reasons I made this podcast called Chicken in a Bag is because I'm so sick of boxes and categories. I'd rather just throw it all together, stir it up and see what comes up. And that's one of the things that you were talking about when it comes to like mental illness or mental, you know, um, the different diagnoses we give to people. Like a lot of people want to understand why do I feel this way, which is an important thing. And then they want to figure, okay, now how do I fix it? But what happens sometimes when we do have a label or a box, it can come sometimes become our identity. So can you talk about what you don't like about the label in the boxes when it comes to mental health?
0: Yeah. And I like how you say when it comes to mental health, because there's like a postmodern philosophy where nobody's anything anymore. (laughs) You're a he, he's a she, I don't care what I am. It's like, we got to categorize ourselves in some ways to form Mm -hmm. an identity. Mm -hmm. And even when you go into a little bit of eastern philosophy we we want to lose the ego completely and i don't think that's right either i think you need your ego in certain ways to yeah. kind of ground yourself a bit but when it comes to mental health you know we have certain motivations to do things in our life mm-hmm. sometimes it's like a push and pull factor right like you want to leave a place of work to go start something else so you hate the job but then there's another pull factor where you're like, but I really am interested in the new thing. It's not because I hate that thing. It's because I like the other thing more. The reason I really got started in mental health was more of like a push factor. It's like, I didn't like the way it was being discussed. Um, Cause I didn't fit in with, you know, I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder and social mm-hmm. anxiety disorder. And then when you figure out how to continually deal with these things and learn new things about yourself, you're like, well, what's with the label now? Like, yeah. What do I, what do I do with that? Am I still, do I still have a mental illness? Do I still need to see my psychiatrist? Do right. I still have to say that I'm like sick and that I have this thing? Mm-hmm. But wait, 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 I was given the anxiety disorder and then I still do get anxious sometimes, but it's gotten a lot better. Does that still mean that I'm sick? So As you say, it's never, you know, when we're young, it's damn, it's black and white, man. It's, it's so cinch. Yeah. When you get older, uh, there's a lot of gray. There's a lot of this year, I believe this, and now I learned something new and then Mm -hmm. I get to drop that. And there's a lot of lives that you burn through. As my friend, Matt Jane said, we have to ask ourselves through life. How many lives did you burn through? And I've burnt through through COVID. I think uh, we can get into that if you want. But I think I've burnt through about three lives during COVID, just rethinking these things and getting to know myself a little more. So what I'm really learning about myself, not other people, purely myself Mm -hmm. and, and emotional health is that mental health has such a spiritual aspect. Yep. And I have never used that word in videos in my entire YouTube career, speaking career. Okay. I've never used that word. Okay. So I use it very, very um, I have to really think about it before I use that one because it's a big one. It has a huge spiritual aspect, but it has mental health is a part. And what I'm learning is you're a bartender, like it's amazing living today because you can Be a bartender, you can be a mom, you can be a podcast host, and then you can have have a cycling hobby, and then you can (laughs) learn to knit at 8 to 9 p.m., and then you can watch Netflix. Like you can be so many things. Right. And part of shadow work is you looking at things that. Aren't good about yourself, Mm -hmm. parts that you repress, suppress, you don't want to express, you don't want anybody else to know about these deep, dark things, and you don't even want to admit them yourself. That maybe you hate that person, maybe you resent that person you saw online, Mm -hmm. maybe everybody else is congratulating that woman for being pregnant, but you really don't give a shit that that person's (laughs) pregnant. You know, you see the post, you're like, Everyone's so happy for her. I don't give a shit, but how does that make me a bad person? (laughs) My asshole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So when we get into these things and mental health, this is all emotional health and mental health and learning about ourselves. We're not identified, meaning we're not the whole. I'm not the whole of depression. I'm not anxiety. I'm not social anxiety. I'm not a bunch of symptoms in checkboxes. I'm far more than that. I'm the observer of that. Uh, That's one part. Of you. That's one part. One, I would say, small part. Mm -hmm. And and you can look at yourself and, and people who are listening and you yourself, think about all of the things you do and the things that you are and the things that you feel and the things that you think this is so beyond a diagnosis of cancer, of you broke your leg, you have one leg, you have long hair, you have short hair. Like who you are is not just image and not just illness. It's so beyond that. And that's what I mean by spirituality. It's so beyond that.
1: I love that you said spiritual. relics. Like, so I think that's really important because I think one of the things when you're dealing with trauma or depression or lots of things about yourself, it's really getting to the root And looking at yourself in the mirror and really figuring out who you are. So that's where the spirituality comes from. Mm -hmm. Like, who am I? It's really taking the deep dive of figuring out who is Scott, who is Kristen. And then what makes you Scott or makes you Kristen is that you're a multitude of things. And you have a lot of interests. And you have strengths. And you have weaknesses. And you have likes and dislikes. And that is what possibly is being a human. And when you can really get in tune with that, you really kind of be like, oh, This is who I am. Now, everybody else told me I was this. But now when I really took in the time to really dive into myself, I realized that isn't who I am. This is who I am. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something a lot of people are afraid to do in society in general, because we have this need to fit in or have a title or have a category or, you know, so we're always trying to push ourselves into these these boxes or understand or fix it. But sometimes you just got to kind of say, push it off. And then maybe rebuild it or figure it out and get to the root of it. So I I love that you put your spirituality aspect into it. And I think that, and I think this year, like what you said, I think this year really did force a lot of people to face a lot of things because they couldn't do all the things that they normally do or they couldn't find their identity and a lot of the other stuff when they were stuck home. So I think a lot of people had to really kind of do the deep dive a little bit. I think a lot of people did have either a year that they really felt really alone and really felt, deep into the depression. And I think a lot of other people really kind of push themselves to kind of do some work on themselves and take that quiet time and really go on the deep dive and figure themselves out on a spiritual journey or kind of a mental health journey of kind of self self-development.
0: So I think yeah, that's really a lot of it was voluntary but most of it wasn't. It's like no, exactly. people, are, people yeah. are alone and they're just like, oh my God, not another day. And I'm going to have these thoughts and I'm going to mm-hmm. think more deeply and I don't want to go there. And that's why people, if you have the choice, you know, who wants to look at their dark side? Who wants to nobody? in? So there's a fundamental challenge every human faces and one that people need to come to terms with. And it's the scariest thing in the world. It's the need for attachment. And I don't mean fucking five areas of attachment, all that disorder shit, I, or like what attachment styles you have. You know, people right. are so interested. I don't care about that. I mean, just the need for people. Like right. okay, humans, we need each other. Yes, There's that need. And then there's the need for authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's attachment versus authenticity. And a lot of the time, me included, we trade our authenticity and our, our own interests and the self to please, and to fit in to others. We, we focus on the tribe. Mm-hmm. And it comes at a cost in both ways, right? Yeah. So there's a fine balance between that. And I think the last year for people, discovering who you are means, again, shedding and burning through some lives, but burning <laughs> through maybe some friends, some yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. And this is hard work, man. It's exhausting work. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Emotional work is is way harder than than doing a one rep max on bench press i'm telling you 100
1: yes (laughs) but you know you say that scott what i think is so interesting is that so many people right they will take the physical journey to improve their body but a lot of times they don't want to take the mental journey to really improve like their life on the whole and i mean you're going to get so much further if you really attack that aspect but it's so funny because you know what i mean because and i think that's what's so interesting because i i just try to say to people all the time like you know i'm i'm an optimistic person for the most part but i'm also extremely realistic and i kind of like that i have those two things together because i think they're that is really a, a. I don't kind of like a superpower because I think a lot of optimistic people are rainbows and sunshine. They don't have any reality. And I think a lot of realistic people are sometimes can be a little too pessimistic because they're like, oh, everything sucks. Why fucking try? You know, and (laughs) and I'm like, I can kind of have a little bit of both and mesh it together. It's it's okay. You can kind of like, it kind of helps you kind of be able to deal with the good and the bad. Like, you know, like you said, like, we don't want it to always be easy. We don't always want it to be rain. Wouldn't like be so damn boring if it's always rainbows and sunshine. Now I'm sure this year people like, okay, I'll take a couple more sunshines, you yeah, know, what I mean? like, yeah. It's a little too much, but for the most part, I think it's, I think it's good to have a little bit of both in life.
0: Of course. And I think you're on the money there with like, with optimism, real optimism and being a realist too, it means you're just way more ready to tell the truth. Like being a realist, like optim an optimist only is just that toxic positivity stuff where yeah. always the silver lining. Where yeah, it's like I'm really depressed and you know I don't feel like living today. Well, at least you get to stay home and on the couch, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh come on, man. Right. So you know, to be a realist and optimist. I think uh, that's a beautiful balance, like, you know, our authentic selves and need for others. Absolutely. It's so yeah. funny
1: you said the toxic positivity, because I did a rant about that a couple of weeks ago, because oh, yeah. they are actually in, in work. They're now trying to change the dialogue because of toxic positivity. And I understand, like, you don't want those. whole like, yeah, yeah, everything's always great. Like that positivity. But I'm like, wow, I didn't see any conversation with that toxic negative person in the office. Like, you know what I mean? Like, can like, <laughs> right, we, like, we right. talk about the asshole that's always random on everybody's parades? Too like they're just as bad, you know what I mean. So I think like it's so funny because you do need a little bit more of a balance in life in general. But uh, I I think that that's such a great point because I'm not always like, yeah, everything's great. I'm like, okay, so like it's it sucks. Okay, but what what can we? Is there anything I can do? Is there any way that we can think? Is there a strategy I can help you with? And like I try to be optimistic in a way that I'm trying to at least help them get get to a different level or or maybe figure out what the issue is deep hard because a lot of stuff is coming from deeper or a lot of a lot of like, um, there was one thing that you said that I think you quoted Jordan Peterson on this and talk about like, when we try to put into words what depression is, and you were like black cloud, uh," you know, like a knapsack, making you feel heavy, but it's really like, I I, that was such a great um, point, because I think a lot of times when it comes to depression, and if people don't feel it, or haven't experienced it, they're just kind of like, okay, well, what's What will fix it? You know what I mean? And so I thought that that was a really great um, discussion. You said about it's like waking up almost feeling like everybody in your family died. I mean, that was like really powerful, Scott. Um, And I know that Mm -hmm. that's kind of like you were explaining like your, your process of how it felt for you. And I think that was what I loved about that is because so many people want to put into a box of this is what it is. But it's like, no, you Mm -hmm. said that wasn't how it was for me. This is how it was for me. And I think that's so important about how it is for each person.
0: Oh man. Okay. So you said a few, a few, many awesome things. Yes. Um. One is I think you hit the nail on the head when, if we want to explore mental health a bit and my process too. the last year, I don't, mental health is really emotional health. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental health is pretty clinical and we don't need to get into that yep. garbage, but like, we're really talking about our emotions. So mm-hmm. when you said that you're an optimist at work, but you're also a realist, meaning when something sucks, you say it sucks, but then you say, okay, let's, but that now that it sucks and we admit that it sucks and we're feeling like it sucks. Now, since we felt that now we can move on and, and find out some solutions and strategies. That is like the <laughs> biggest, the, the thing that is missing right now in When it comes to emotional health for Mm -hmm. for all humans, I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, because this is what I skipped for years and years that the moment I felt bad, the moment I had a negative thought, the moment I questioned something, the moment something became inconvenient, I was like, let's get a solution. Like it's, it's wrong. This is wrong. Move, 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 move. And I think we really need to slow down and feel what we feel first. Mm -hmm. Show ourselves compassion first. Mm -hmm. So you know, someone dealing with depression that I'm, that I'm helping with or anxiety. And they're like, I feel like anxious, like everyone's looking at me and I don't know, I'd like leaving the house. I'm just so anxious and paranoid and I I don't want to join the world again, stuff open. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. That's what, boom, right away. That's okay. That's what you're feeling. Let's accept it. Let's feel it. Mm -hmm. Then like, we need to process, process these things first. (laughs) And then move into strategy. So I once we miss step one, step two has no foundation to stand on. So step one is is feel it out. That's mm-hmm. that's a it's a difficult part, mm-hmm. but it makes the rest so much easier. And you feel like you're really making progress. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing with the physical part, right? It's like yeah, I'll go work out my biceps, but you get a pump like 20 minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> Emotion, emotional work. It's like oh. That's dirty, delayed gratification. You yes. don't have patience for that, right? <laughs>
1: delayed right. gratification. Exactly, Scott. It's the yes. Worst. Yes. It's and the worst. it hurts <laughs> while you're doing it. It's a different hurt. You know, when you go to the gym and you feel that burn in your arms, like you're a little sore. But when you do the emotional work, you're like, it hurts. Like it just, it hurts. Like it, you know, it, it, it conjures. It's sitting it. But I feel like if you don't deal with it, right? those feelings are going to kind of come up, like almost like when you have, like you have a burp and it keeps coming up, it's just going to mm. keep sitting in air. Right. And I really feel like it's just going to keep affecting you because you're just kind of you're kind of like trying to push this poison down and it's going to keep coming up a little bit. So I really feel like that's right. why you have to kind of get to it because that's really the way that you're going to be on that next level that you're trying to get to, in my opinion.
0: Totally. No, no, you're right. And that's like the whole expression piece, you know, the mm-hmm. body expresses these emotions too. Yeah. Like, of course it does. You're anxious. You get sweaty palms, increased cortisol, you know, sweating, increased heart rate. Like, the body knows. Yeah. And there's a weird quote, like, people always say, the body doesn't make mistakes. And I get it. Like, it makes sense in one way, that it's sending us signals that something's not right. Right. But in in that way, it doesn't make mistakes. But you could say, like, you know, genetic mutations, it's kind of stupid in some <laughs> way. but. I- you know, we need to listen to our bodies when it comes to emotional health. Like it's, it's telling us stuff. And when you say it's like, feels like you're going to throw up or like it's a burp and you're just like, ah, not now, now's not a good time. Well, that's kind of where it just gets a little stronger. Like it's like holding in a damn fart. It's, like mm-hmm. it's gonna, you're going to need to rip it sooner. <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> exactly. Scott. I love the fact that you said that it's like, it's like feeling, you know, I love the fact that your expression, um, uh, what is it? Expression, expression right? Expression,
0: Depression to expression. Depression. That's what to I always
1: Depression to, to expression. Because you have to express yourself. And I think that's so important. One of the things that I always talk about is I'm always like you got to feel your feelings, you got to deal with the feelings, and then you get to heal them, right? I really feel like we're not really doing the work. I really feel like as a society, or, or the way we handle mental health or a lot of issues, we just want to give a person a name, and then we're like, well, that's what that's what it is, because that's what you are, right? But it's like, yeah. okay, but yeah. then they have to carry that forever. Like, but they can never get better. And I, and I love the fact that you really took a completely different approach and, you know, just like expression was like how you kind of figured out, you took a different journey for yourself because you said, this isn't working for me. I don't really, I, I, I feel like there's more to it or I really want to understand this better. So can you talk about the fact of like, just the process of going through the different things and how you kind of got into uh, creating your own, your own way of handling it and helping other people?
0: Yeah. Well, it's weird because when you heal from, okay, at least in Canada, there's, there's a campaign going on saying mental health is health. Uh, mental health is physical health. Mm -hmm. And I get what they're trying to do as far as reducing stigma, but Mm -hmm. when you think, and you really ask yourself if mental health is hell is physical health, right. And people make the comparison. Okay. So my leg's broken You know, if your leg was broken, you go to the doctor. Well, if you're feeling depressed, you should just go to the doctor. Okay, let's think about that. You go for a broken leg, and no matter if you go to a doctor in Nigeria or you go to a doctor in Boston or Toronto, they know what to do. You cast it up, set it in place, six to eight weeks in a cast, crutches, maybe a brace, you're good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go to a few different doctors in the same building in Toronto, (laughs) For your mental health. Okay, then let's get really scary. Let's go to one in Australia, Toronto, Nigeria, and then Russia. And you go to them with the exact same symptoms of maybe depression or anxiety, what you're feeling, mm-hmm. talking about these things. And the treatment's different. The tr- it's, yeah. That's just the way it is mm-hmm. when you're dealing with words. That's what it is. There's no x ray. There's nothing that's gonna show up on a an MRI right now. It's like the tech isn't there. So when we're talking about healing ourselves and mental health is physical health, it's not. Yeah. Okay, you what what prescription medication are you gonna? Are you gonna get an SSRI? Are you gonna get something for anxiety? Are you going to Go to a counselor a psychologist a psychiatrist a psychotherapist you're going to see like the options are unbelievable because right. you're a psychiatrist they're really about medication you go to a psychologist we're going to go into your childhood and shit. Mm-hmm. okay well and then you're going to go see a naturopath <laughs> it's because your hormones and your vitamins are out of order and you're not eating right but right depending who you see you yeah, get a different, different approach illness mm-hmm. whoa now Let's take that from the perspective of the client, of the human being, of the patient. And this is where it gets scary and and sad. Because if you're looking for answers and you're in such mental distress and you're feeling depressed and the world is just too much, existence is just too much. Like I was getting up out of bed and I'm just like, no, the world is way too heavy. Living is way too just hard here. It just yeah being here, this, everything is just too much. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you're going to see people that are giving you different answers for how to fix you. Damn, that just, how does that help depression or anxiety or whatever you're dealing with? So what's missing and why I started Depression to Expression was, yeah, I felt depressed as hell. Yeah. Anxious and giving these given these disorders, which I didn't really understand at the time. And honestly, I still don't necessarily understand them fully. I don't think anybody does. Right. Um, but what truly helped me was, and this is why people buy dogs, and this is why people pray to God, mm-hmm. is because I was given from family and friends and specifics I found – I was so lucky to find specific doctors – Complete compassion and non-judgment. Love that. Oh. So important. And it's like, like, you
1: know, judgment is something that we're so full of right now. We all say we're not. We're all saying be kind, but we are so judgmental. And it's just so not beneficial to people because, you know, they need compassion and judgment, compassion and less judgment. You know what I mean? Because they're going through things. And if you're going to sit there, you're going to shut them down. As soon as you judge them, or you come at like, and I think that's one thing that keeps coming up at every conversation. It's listen more, right? And I think if you can listen more, because that's what that person probably needs more of than your opinion when you haven't felt it or been
0: through it. That's it. I know you want to be a a, a psychologist. You just gotta listen. Sometimes these things, and I've talked to so many of them. (laughs) Just like honestly, sometimes they feel guilty because I just sit and listen, Mm -hmm. and by them just saying it out loud, they sometimes work it out on their own. I'll add a little question in here, right? And it's an, inc- it's incredible work and people need to give themselves credit who are going through a tough time. Like uh, they, to find people that are so compassionate and don't right. judge you and accept you for how you're feeling makes all the difference. It's pure placebo. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it works. You can heal mm-hmm. yourself that way by knowing that there's a community around you that, that accepts you for who you are not who you will be once you feel better right not once you're feeling happy no 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 the ones who accept you when you feel like shit like you feel like garbage and they still accept you who you are like that that's amazing that's who we need to help people with mental health issues yeah whether it's whether it's, it's feeling suicidal or whether it's feeling down and low because schools are closed and you know, uh, I'm, I'm scared of the new normal after COVID's done in Canada. We need people on both ends. Yeah. Oh,
1: for sure, Scott. I mean, I will say that's what's so interesting for me. You know, you know, um, one of the things I think is interesting is uh, I love the fact that you say it's about the individual because I think that's one of the things that we have to do. And when, when it is an individual, that's what's so hard about, you know, mental health when you go see the therapist or whatever because different therapists have different ways of handling it they're going to look at you sometimes like I've been through with like family members or I've lost people to suicide. So it's a, it's a thing that I'm very passionate about because when you do lose somebody's suicide, you feel like, couldn't I have done more? What did I do? And it leaves the person behind with a whole bunch of trauma themselves because they're trying to think what they did wrong. Right. So I think it's really important to have the conversations, but I love the fact that we're trying to understand that it's an individual thing, right? And that's one of the problems that we're not doing And So sometimes you have a, right. bad, you have a bad experience with a therapist or a couple of different therapists and you get kind of turned off and then that person's kind of lost. So the reason I love having you on is because I think it's important to let people know there's not one way to handle your your diagnosis, your anxiety, your depression, your feelings. There's a lot of different varieties. And one of the things that I loved about what I found on Instagram when I did find you, when I researched, you know, mental health, I found you. And I was like, I couldn't believe what a community they were for people to reach out to somebody, even if you're stuck home right now, because that's a whole nother topic, The, the whole COVID and the lockdown to me has been fascinating to me. And that's why I wanted to have these conversations because I'm on the front lines, I'm working with people and and I'm hearing different conversations and I'm hearing different thoughts and feelings and you're seeing the variety of everybody, how they're handling it. And I just try to be, like you said, I try to be compassionate and understand that everybody's on a different journey. And I think that's what a lot of people forgot through this. Like we've reopened in Boston, and I'm a bartender. So when you come in the restaurant, some people are anxious and some people are angry and some people are like don't why, why isn't everybody? Da, da, da. It's like I, so I can just try to like I just try to make them feel calm and I just try to be like okay if you'd like to go inside you can if you want to sit outside you can and it's kind of interesting to watch how you're kind of like helping people readjust. And how yeah. they're really going to talk to people again yeah. because it's been a hard year. And now they have to like – now they're next to another person. It's like, oh, it's weird to have a person beside me. And then they kind of like – it comes back to them. It's, it's been really interesting the past couple of months watching the whole experience, you know? That's
0: really – yeah, yeah. That must be um, – because I'm not there yet. To, know, to be in those environments. <laughs> so you got to teach me some things of how I'm going to act when all of this is going yeah. on. But um, it, it's interesting because you can't – you can't. The people that are so compassionate and non judgmental and that helped me on my journey were ones that had some terrifying stories. Yeah. Ones that have been through just absolute hell in their lives. And right. like, that's why pain is such a teacher and it makes us better people if we use that experience to our advantage. It, it does so much to. To go through something so difficult come out the other end and then be able to hold other people in the way that you were held or wish you were held like that's the whole point that's why you're such a good podcast host bartender listener compassionate person wife like it doesn't matter you're you're there because although I need to interview you again, I'm sure your life wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. I no. know it wasn't. And, not, and I only know it wasn't because you're such a damn good person. And you know you know how to have these and navigate these conversations. Mm-hmm. And you, you can read people. And that person didn't say anything, but I know that there's anger there when they came mm-hmm. in the bar. Like yeah. That's just because that's pure experience. And you know, the last year I've had the opportunity for, for people on my end uh, assisting me, they've all been a lot older. And I, until this moment, I had no idea how much (laughs) I should respect people just just because they're older. I swear to God, there is so much bullshit in Mm self-help from these 30-year-olds. I'm 31, I'm not writing a self-help book. 20-year-olds doing motivational speeches, you don't know jack shit. But you get you get someone who's seventy who's seen the world I know. you know when you've been here's the thing. okay, here's the thing. the last year, nothing was working for me as far as depression. I hit like the ultimate low long story of yeah. uh, medication withdrawal. and my life fell apart. yeah and psychiatry can't help with it, right. Mm-mm. Psychologists can't help with it. There's no tool for that. Right. There's no tool for an existential crisis like that. Right. Your life falling apart, of a world going through a pandemic. Right. So, old people. Yeah have a certain experience and wisdom about them because they've seen so much of the world they've so seen true. pandemics they've seen ups Lord. and downs in economies and, <laughs> Fresh, crashes exactly. and they've seen divorces <laughs> and they've seen breakups and so that's why with indigenous people in canada too there's been some terrible news of late but right you know I've seen that they they respect their elder is at the top of the hierarchy and what do white people do we put elders in homes and forget about them. I know there is is so much wisdom. I'm thinking of shutting down my own business and just going into talking to old people. I swear to God,
1: Scott, I think that's such a great idea because I've talked about that so many times because so many kids, like, I don't know my, we grew up around the kitchen table with my grandparents and you know, my grandfather laid floors and he came, you know, he had family in Germany before like Hitler and they came to America. And so he could tell interesting stories about that. And like, my grandmother, her family was originally from England, and like my mom always told stories, and I told stories about like the depression and like putting yeah. shoe, you know, newspapers in your shoes. And right. I, had, I had my mom on a couple weeks ago after Mother's Day, because so I said, Mom, you were a single mom raising three kids on your own. You never complained. And if there was problems, she would drag us all to therapy to air out the air because she had three girls. It was all women. So she's like, we got to get this shit worked out. You know wow. I mean? So I had it wrong because I was like, you know what? Because I thought maybe she could have some information that could be really helpful to people today because a lot of women are juggling home life and marriage and and, and a career. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, she did it all. And she like always looked good doing it. And she never complained. I, so I said, you got to come on here and tell these oh, girls. Oh, that's so kid.
0: cool. And, and I <laughs> love that.
1: And I think that's so true, Scott, because I think I think that's what really helps some people this year. I think maybe, you know, the people that were home getting on the FaceTimes with their grandparents or whatever. But you're so true. Like, you know, I have family members that have family members that are old that are not doing well and they're taking care of them. And you watch them being over there around the clock, all taking turns, taking care of like their family. And, and there is something about that. And you're so right. I believe children. And elders have so much to give us because children yep. give us wonder. They they make us feel that that excitement that we had when we were a little kid, when we thought we could just jump off a building and nothing was gonna happen. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Right. There's a thing that's amazing about being a parent because it's almost like you become a child again looking through their eyes. Right. And then when you do have your grandparents or your parents that are getting older, there's something beautiful about that because yeah they've been there. And I always try to say to these young people, like, you know, there is something that's beautiful in that, like, you think this is tough? Well, that's because this is your first time. Um. 50 I can go back and say well this happened in the 70s this how ha- I went through this in the 90s so I'm like what do y'all sometimes I look at people like what are y'all talking about like we've already yeah, done. and I on. love
0: how you just dropped a classic I'm just I'm 50 are you actually 50 yeah I just turned 50? 50 a couple, yeah a couple weeks ago Holy yeah. yeah that's why yeah good thing you didn't just do a podcast because people got to see what you look like with video <laughs> you look like 25 Heck's going on there. It's
1: clean living. I don't know. I I I, I th-
0: <laughs> good for you. Good. I, don't, I,
1: don't, I don't drink smoke or do drugs. So I think that's part of my my secret. But also, I think I'm goes back to being honest and real. Like honesty is something that I think a lot of people have a hard time with. And I'm actually a brutally honest person. If my, if my shit's bad, I'm like, hey, having a bad day, not doing anything today. Like everyone's like, yeah. okay, you know, I'm just I just own it and I'm honest. And I really feel like I wish more people would be more authentic or honest because I think when you can take all the pressure off of people and let them just be themselves, I think that's when they can be like, okay, I can breathe. You know what I mean? I think we're putting all these things on people that are creating the anxiety. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're say, take this, take this, take this. And I just don't think people have the mental capacity. I mean, most people haven't done the work to know how to handle themselves. They yeah. can't take on the world's problems. They're trying to even deal with their own. And I think yeah. that's what the biggest problem is of right now. Everyone is trying to take on everything. And I'm like, Time out, man. Yeah. You got to figure your shit out first before you can say you can save. Her. You got to make sure that you're actually okay, be- you know, because you're just gonna get down. And that's what I have to do for myself. I check myself. That's one of the things I have to do with like my realistic optimist. Like I can get overwhelmed by some of the stup- like bad things or the shitty things that are going on. I can get really involved in certain topics and really can be like, how is this happening? Nobody's doing anything about this, or like, or getting freaked up by the evilness of certain things. But then I have to yeah. say to myself, that is life. That is what makes the world. If you didn't have the ugly, you wouldn't be able to enjoy the beauty. If you didn't have the sad days, you wouldn't enjoy the good days. So, I mean, it's just unfortunately the way it is. And all yeah. you can co- possibly do is shed, shed light on the things that are shitty that need to be talked about. And then also try to bring some light and try to help people find a way to uh, pull themselves up a little bit if you can. So those are the two, that's how I kind of deal with my two sides of myself.
0: Well, you're only fifty. 50's young now, yeah. but you have the <laughs> wisdom of an elder. I, I'm trying to phrase that very. Carefully. No, no, you're right. I do. I am you an know? old,
1: old mind, old soul. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I can like, I can tell you, you've, you've yeah. done some work, some yeah. good work by helping others, and also, yeah, um, really looking inward too. You said something cool. Just you're trying. People are trying to take on so much. And that's a big social media thing. And the thing Mm -hmm. when when people are old, it's not because they don't necessarily have social media. Elders today, when you reach a certain age, you have nothing else. You don't have nothing to prove anymore. Right. You're just, you know, you've gone through it. You've gone through the peer (laughs) pressure. You've gone through the job, (laughs) corporate ladder stuff. And now, like... That's it. And, and yeah. there's a, there's, um, a book called successful aging. I forget the author. Okay. But he talks about how, how old people, um, they, they report feeling the, the most content as you get older, if you're in good health. Yeah. Right. As you get older, that's just like you just feel like the weight of society. You don't care what that person's doing mm-hmm. enough in comparison with that person. The, the government, the taxes, you've yeah. complained about it, maybe enough. Right. And now <laughs> life is yours. Right. And with social media for kids and and adults, too, it's like yeah. comparing to others is a game you'll never win.
1: Never. Never. Such a waste of energy. It's funny that you said about elders. I always try to wear positive shorts sometimes because It makes people be nicer right when I come over so I'll wear like gratitude or like stay positive nice. And um, I had to stay positive shirt in the night and this older gentleman looks at me and goes Oh, you know what I say when people say, how you living? I say, better than most. And I thought that was such a cool comment Now Damn. some people are like, isn't that cocky? I go, no, that's not cocky because it's how you approach it. I think it's another way of saying like the like the cup is half full, right? It's like, mm-hmm. am I the best? No. But am I better than most? Sure. And I think that's a good way of having a little bit of gratitude. Like, you know, I always say I don't have the best life. I don't have all the greatest things, but I have enough. So I, I think yeah. that there's kind of like, I think it's so easy to fall into this whole trap of judging yourselves or competing with others or comparing. And and it's, and it's, such, a, um, it's such a trap. And I and I want to just kind of break a lot of the traps out that people are falling into because they're just putting so much more on themselves than they even have to. You don't even have to worry about that. Like they're on another yeah. that's another and they don't show you like this, is, like a perfect example. Like when people like will look at like a celebrity, like relationship goals, right? And I'm like, why? keep like, their relationships together. It's like perfect example. Like JLo on like Valentine's Day, like it's like a video of like all these roses from Avon, like, oh baby, right? Two yeah. weeks later they broke it up. It's like, so obviously <laughs> the roses wasn't even the real shit. Okay. Yeah. Like is this is just for you to make you feel like your life sucks. So I'm like, I just wish people would just stop looking at other people's highlight reels because I really feel like it puts them on like an unlevel playing field so much
0: it does and you know what for for some people like you're using social media for good yeah for such a positive reason and you love doing it and people love the content yeah. so that's all good um for me uh, I, had I had to discover had to probably the hard way after being on it for a while that yeah i, I don't think i can take it i, yeah. I like i'm not my mind isn't wired well enough and i don't want to put in the work <laughs> to be able to then, oh, I feel good enough now to scroll through Facebook. It's like, why not just get rid of Facebook then? Yeah. So it's like, why train to fight the lion for your whole life when you can just avoid the lion and go around the cage? So uh, for me, social media, that comparison comes too easy to me, you know? Oh. So, so I just avoid it. And I have not been on social since December and uh, feel a lot better.
1: That's awesome, Scott. I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a really important conversation. I think that's one of the things that I've even gone through a lot of um, when I go through it. Like, I'm using it because it's a way for me to find people or connect with people. But yeah. there's a lot of times that I'm kind of like, but I use it in a, I use it how I like to use it. And I don't fall into like the, the trap. Like, I was like, you got to be here. You got to be there. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm like, whoa, I would lose my freaking mind. So, like, <laughs> I, I think you have to be strong and you have to say to yourself, well, what are you trying to do? Yeah. And, and what 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 do you want to use it for? And for me, it is a way to be able to kind of get content out to people right now because it's not like I, I have the opportunity to be uh, in front of people and, and, and speaking in the moments so, of right this is how I can speak to people and and share interesting conversations and then I'll figure out how to do it. but I use this I, I agree with you it is a huge trap that so many people fall into and if you aren't right up in here, it, and I just watch it with so many young people too. Like I can watch like perfect example. One day we're at my mother's house for a, a pool party and something came across one of my nieces phones. And it was like, I don't know, like FOMO, right? Like they're right. here and I'm not. And I'm like, but you're here,
0: you're here. <laughs> yeah, you're I know. here with your family, right? And but it's like- there could be better. So that's, that is, that's the classic, like not anxious mind, but that's, that's being a human. It's like, that the grass is greener that could be better if i made that decision i could be having more fun right. than i am now now a pandemic happened i'm at alone. now i'm alone at home this should this shouldn't be happening mm-hmm. this shouldn't happen the thing yeah. from china and now it's spreading but trump should have closed the borders justin trudeau should have closed this we should have vaccines being developed in canada this shouldn't be happening this shouldn't be happening yeah and the more we say the coulds and the shoulds you said it the we need to do a better job of living with what is, and that means the good, that means the mundane, tedious stuff with family, Thanksgivings, whatever. It is mm-hmm. what it is, although that's such a classic <laughs> neutral thing, yeah. it's air, but, but living with what is, meaning that, that you're grounded in reality, yeah. and depression and anxiety are rooted in future past stuff. Yep. and we know that when you ruminate over what happened and what didn't happen or you completely project yourself into different scenarios of what ifs this just leads you to just leave leave your body just enough just enough to feel a bit of regret there and a bit of lack of sensation about this and feeling lethargic about that and anhedonia. And then you have anxiety about the future and nervousness and anticipation for something that may or may not probably won't happen. Right. So to ground ourselves and to live with what is, it's not just, okay, I'm going to live with what is now. Okay, good. Thanks, Scott. It's yeah. like, no, we have to do the work to, to get there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, I haven't even asked you questions. I remember we, remember we did yeah. this last time. I'm just yeah. like, I feel so weird not asking you questions. <laughs> okay. I don't like being interviewed Yeah, like, yeah. I like to ground yourself and, and evolve in a way that where we're more present, more grounded. Do you do anything? Um, you wear the positive t-shirts. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. I,
1: I think what I do personally, how, what works for me is I think I'm just, I think the way I'm present is I'm just direct. I think like I feel like I take I know what works and doesn't work for me from doing the work years ago. So I know what serves me well and what doesn't. I think that's a really good thing to know yourself that way. Mm. So I can tell when I'm taking in too much stuff that's overloading and I'm becoming too like hyper focused on something. And then I know that I got to Hey, I got to shut this down for a little while because I'm getting way too involved or is kind of it's consuming me and it's taking over like it's 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 taking away my joy then I know that I have to kind of like process it for a little while and then figure it out but um I will say for me technically this year I have probably shut down television like I really pretty much walked away from the, t- the boom tube I had oh, okay. it okay I had it for me because that's what I need because I realized that when I'm trying to be proactive or positive I can get lost on that thing. Like it's, this is bad enough. The social media can take up enough of your time. But then if you're sitting in front of a television at night and just for me with everything that's going on, I felt like the TV was just too much of reality. Like I'm already living this. Like, I'm already trying to process the reality. Right. I and the TV it.
0: is one reality though. It's right. one, one perspective spun in a certain narrative. That's Correct. one story. Yeah. And it
1: just became yeah. just too much. And I decided like anything that was just, was just infiltrating. So I said to my husband, I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm not, I'm just not going to watch television. So like we pick like maybe one thing that we watch a week. And maybe like maybe there's one show that we do like and we'll kind of watch that. And then otherwise, I don't really have a TV on. For me, it's been really great because it's made me happier because I haven't been taking on certain information that I already get enough of it. Like you get enough of it scrolling through. Like if you're on social media, enough of it's already coming at you. And I just don't engage with things that I don't I don't fight with people about stuff that doesn't matter. I'm just like, I just let people spew what they want to spew, and I just keep scrolling. I just go, listen, I don't know if you know this, but if you don't like something, you can just keep scrolling. You do not have to right. have a conversation yeah. about every single thing. Because, yeah. you know, people are so – one of the things I really think about the past couple of years, people just really dug their heels in on a lot of things. And I just really feel like if you try to sit there and ha- – if you want to have a conversation as a productive conversation to try to understand where somebody is, that's great. But if you want to have a conversation just to try to make somebody – uh, feel stupid or or think what you think, then you're really not serving that person or yourself because you're just going to yeah. really just cause more anxiety between both of you. So um, I think that's one of the one of the things that
0: I've noticed a lot. So and and, and I think people, in my experience, people sometimes just need permission from somebody else. Like that's why we go to the gym and get personal trainers. Right. I want someone to tell you what to do, keep a schedule, do this and this and this. It, it feels good because you're paying for something. So you feel more accountable. Mm-hmm. So when you say to someone like, you know, you don't have to like watch that content. Or a funny one is, you know, you don't have to hang out with people that don't make you feel good, right? And sometimes, oh, wait, I don't have to hang out with that anymore? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just really? you oh, me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like to give people permission and, and even with that compassion that we were talking about, like, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay to like feel anxious during a pandemic. You know that, right? Yeah. Or, you know, pandemics are supposed to suck, right? You yeah. know that. Right. And- a lot of people, you know, including me, I was psyched when it happened because I'm like, I can get some work done. This is going to yeah. be great. I'm going to make shape. And uh, six months later, like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, oh my god, past Scott, what were you? What were you so excited about? But to give you know people permission to accept feelings and to Mm -hmm. maybe question ways of thinking like that's the whole that's the whole point behind friendship coaching therapy whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. it's just giving people permission to feel stuff and exercise some some new judgments about their actions that's it
1: yeah i like that i love the fact you also said about like um emotions right like i think that like years ago i think that we did a better job of talking about emotions Right. And I think now what we're just trying to do is we're trying to stop. We're trying to, like, prevent everything, Ah. which isn't really helping anybody learn how to process emotions. So, like, Mm. if you sit there and say, we're not going to say any of this. Right. Because that's mean. Well, then you haven't taught anybody how to deal with it when it does happen, because eventually, you can't stop every word in the world and someone's going to eventually say something that hurts your feelings. And then you're going to be like, what is that? Like somebody hurt my feel What is that feeling? And right. I, and it's, that's what I kind of think is really interesting where we're at. Like I really feel like we're being like um, reactive instead of proactive when it comes to mental, like just like um, emotional health or, or mental health or, cause you know, I always say to you, like I'm a big believer of mental toughness and mental health mixed together. Yeah. And I really feel like, cause you have to understand like, okay, like I'm going to have a bad day. Okay. Like I think you said scared, worried, sad, anxious. Good. That means you're human. And I think that that's what we really need to get into. Like you're a human, you're, you're a complex person that's going to have a multitude of feelings and emotions and experiences. And what's, what we're supposed to do in life is we're supposed to have those experiences be like, oh, how did that make me feel? Figure out how – and then you process it and then you know how to do it the next time. And then you get mm-hmm. better at it or better at it as you go along or you realize I'm not really good with that type of experience or that type of emotion and I have to figure that out.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and I think we, we expect everything to work. Right. So I expect this to work in binary and it's ones and zeros and I click it on, it's on. I type in the number, I get to call. I go to my car, turn on the keys, done. I go to my house, to the door, lock, it's locked. Like we expect everything to just work on, off, on, off. And we expect that the same with our emotions. We like sleep, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to be happy because life is good. Well, (laughs) that's the thing with old people. They know the truth. Right. Oh my gosh, it's the Buddhism 101 that life is suffering. And to transcend that, I think one is to really, as you said, it's like, you're real, you're being real, you're direct, you, there's no bullshit there. Right. Um and sorry, I just I went off. What were we even talking about? No,
1: we're just saying how like it's the all the emotions. If the we emotions. sit there and bubble wrap so, everything, then they're not right. gonna they're not gonna build up those skill sets that you actually need to work in the real world or 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 be a human because you're gonna have a multitude of feelings, and what's gonna offend you or hurt your feelings might not hurt my feelings because I might be a little bit thicker skinned. So right. I'm just saying if we're just making it that these words can't be said, or we have to all do this. It doesn't, then you cause more anxiety because now a person that doesn't want to say that has to,
0: you know what I mean? So I feel like it's
1: such a messy thing that we're doing as a society.
0: That was the whole reason behind not giving participation ribbons all the time to kids because they need to figure out what it feels like to really lose. Right. What does it feel like to come in last, (laughs) last place? What does it feel like to totally suck at something and never want to play that sport ever again or do whatever. Right. Right. And it's, it's, it's so true. So what we're doing is it's the uh, Jonathan Haidt book called the coddling of the American mind is that we're bubble wrapping kids, teenagers, even adults in in plastic wrap. And then failure is unacceptable and that anything but happiness and success is unacceptable and even there's a phone, ca- um, a carrier, a phone carrier called TELUS in Canada. Mm-hmm. And with all good intention, they started, I don't know if they still do it, but they do like hashtag end bullying. And I'm like, good intention. Yeah. But, but. Real optimism, re- optimism and realism. Bullying's never gonna end. Never,
1: exactly. Never.
0: <laughs> Listen, I was a bully in elementary school. I bullied some kids, you bet and <laughs> I know exactly. I know exactly why I did it. Right. And let me tell you something. That can be and will be replicated. People like me will exist again. And unfortunately, that's just that's just how it is. Kids in the schoolyard forming tribes. It's survival. It's fitting in authenticity attachment. We'll go back to that. Yeah. So when we try to avoid these things, instead of, as you said, let's be proactive. Let's be, let's expect these things. Let's feel these things. Let's know the evils and depths of the world. And, and become thicker-skinned over time. Mm-hmm. Thicker-skinned doesn't mean that you don't feel these things. Right. You oh, that that right. You're condoning it. You're just saying, okay, it's just going to be something you're going to deal with. Yeah, it's like that guy's so strong because nothing gets to him. No, 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 no. <laughs> they feel it the same, but they know an emotion for what it is. It's just a primal feeling of survival. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And to yeah. listen to every single emotion and be driven by that is what dogs do. And we need to control the mind, as the Stoics have said since ancient Greece. it's like, okay, let's let's practice something where we notice the emotion. Mm-hmm. We know where it is in the body, right. We know what it's telling us and we can move through it. Like that's kind of the beauty of mindfulness and meditation for kids, adults, mm-hmm. whatever, is not being so reactive to emotion, but having a bit of a pause, knowing what it is, taking it for face value, it's keeping us alive. That's it. And then moving on. Yeah. But you're right. It's like all of these, the avoidance doesn't help anybody. We go into how that's affecting kids. And hey, even myself, like to to finally face something after a while is the scariest thing in the world. But yeah. once you push through it, man, woo, the grass is greener. greener. I swear it is greener.
1: No, I I totally agree with you because I think that's the thing that that's what just really worries me why I want to have these conversations. I'm like, sometimes you have to approach certain topics from a different point of view, but I think it's an important thing because right now there's just such a one size fits all to every approach in society. And I'm like, but that is not going to work for everybody because I'm an honest person. So now you're telling me that I can't be honest because I'm not supposed to say what I really think because so-and-so might not be able to handle that I have a stronger personality or Mm. that I'm, you know what I mean? So I'm just kind of like, Well, how is that really benefiting that person? And how is that gonna make that person the best version of themselves? And now are you creating more anxiety and fear of going to work for people that just wanna go to work and do a good day's pay and do their job right without having to have all this extra stress on themselves? So I'm like, okay, how about maybe we go a little bit deeper? Why don't we really do the frigging work? And why don't we discuss conflict resolution and positive ways to debate differences? or a a positive way to communicate when someone's not doing their job at work. You're just going to give them a pass and just be like, well, we don't really want to say that that person wasn't. Well, I mean, Jesus, how are they going to, how are they going to get better at their job if you can't tell them with constructive criticism? So I really feel like, I I just think that we really are, we really need to get a little bit more real and, and, and how we're helping people because we're not, I don't really feel like, we are really helping people. And I think that we could be causing more damage. And like you said, the participation trophies, like I always say to like my sister's kids, like if you want to play that sport, go ahead. And if you want to take that extra thing to make you a better hockey player, do it. You know what I mean? But you're going to get to the point that you're going to have to compete for that. Yeah. That position. And if you don't do the work, you're not going to get on the team. And if you don't like that, then that's okay. But if you didn't want to do the work then that's probably going to be the, you know what I mean? But you have to make the decision yourself do I want to compete for that position or do I not? Do I want to be right. the, do I want to push for that or do I want like to just, you know what I mean? So I think you got to teach those. I think the more that we teach it at a young age, they're going to be a better adult when they get older because you can't stop every skin on the knee. Like they're going to skin their knee. Yeah. They're gonna jump yeah. off. Bridge. You got to let them just kind of take their hits or have a fight with a friend and then, help them try to find the best way to communicate with a friend when they get home. You can't stop and solve every, every solution because they're not going to be able to be human.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think the, there's, there's tons of evidence with, uh, with trigger warnings, be not being great for people dealing with anxiety or post-traumatic stress. It's because it creates more anxiety to begin with where you're a trigger warning. Something happens in this video. You're watching the video and you're you're waiting for it. Like yes. what is the thing that's supposed to trigger me going to come? So if the, your, your idea and experience like in the workplace, people are, it's sometimes, well, if you deal with anxiety, we're intimidated by the focus being on us and all the attention. Mm-hmm. But if we know, and we'll loop back, if we know that that focus and attention is for good reason and it's out of a place of compassion and non-judgment but literally helping us become better at our job better husband wife parent whatever mm-hmm. it is that that's that's i think that's where we start mm-hmm. like there's a difference between it being helpful or being aggressive
1: mm-hmm. and a
0: lot of people when they have to Then they have these conversations of conflict resolution or helping someone, it comes out of a place of Mm self-righteousness and aggressiveness where what the person needs is really compassion, understanding, and then let's put them in the right place and give them these strategies, etc. Right.
1: Right. And open just dialogues, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, gosh, like. He had, had to have a whole dialogue. I mean, that's gonna be anxiety written to have like all these things you can and cannot say when you go to work. It's like, oh my God, like I'm just well, trying yeah, to Yeah, I know. <laughs> and
0: yeah. Oh, I'm I'm with you on that one. <laughs> oh, I mean, my.
1: So, Scott, so you took you took the break from social media. You've been talking to some elders this past year. This has been a really challenging year for a lot of people that were already kind of struggling. I really feel like we haven't even t- scratched the surface of what this past year will be creating in the mental health world
0: right? or the
1: anxieties or the phobias that are becoming out of this. Um, and I definitely know that suicides and a lot of stuff has, like, skyrocketed this past year. And, and that was one of the biggest things that got me so frustrated with the whole conversation about, you know, the the lockdowns are not lockdowns and people fighting about it i was kind of like yeah but are we really talking about what's really helpful to people like i understand we have to do the best thing to you know keep people safe but are we really keeping everybody safe and uh, you know what i mean it's a very tricky conversation to have but when i look at the numbers that are coming through and a lot of the other things that we've dealt with we have a big 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 issue that we're going to be dealing with for the next couple of years from this past year and uh so um what um what, I don't know. That's, it's a lot to get into, but I have to say like, um, what are you going to go, what are you doing for yourself going forward? And are you still going to be working with depression? Um, ex- why do I keep flipping that today? What well, was that?
0: <laughs> it? Depression to expression, expression,
1: expression. What are you going to be, are yeah, you refocused on that going forward after this past year,
0: mm, past year? Well, not are to say people know? need me because there's plenty of resources, Yeah. but you know, there's definitely been a demand for people needing to talk to somebody who's been through anxiety depression that's mm-hmm. the way it works that's why people come to me rather than certain other coaches or therapists like it's yeah. good to talk to someone and it's interesting because the literature around psychotherapy is it's the relationship between a therapist and a client that makes all the difference it's about trust and it's not necessarily about the tools that are provided. It's more about the relationship and that's why friendship works and great parents and siblings. So I think people are needing those, those kinds of relationships. So I'll still be doing coaching and I still do virtual talks to Mm -hmm. uh, schools and stuff. It's awesome. I think I, in the U S Canada, actually all over the world, like fear has been, Oh yeah, we can say, so we'll go two hours on this. Fear (laughs) Fear has been sold the last over the last year. Every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, fear, 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 fear. Yeah. And in a pandemic, there are certain populations that need to fear, and there are other certain populations that really don't. Right. Like, let's be clear about the science. Like, if you're under 40, under 30, you really didn't need to worry about dying. But then the news comes on and they give you the outliers of what fifteen-year-old died today? And mm-hmm. it's an outlier. And these things, unfortunately, happen. That's what that's what happens in life. That there are tragedies. Yep. But then now, every fifteen-year-old, every twenty-five-year-old freaks out, thinking that they're going to deal with, they're, they're going to die from COVID. So yeah. people are dealing with a lot of fear, a lot of uh, mistrust for yep. government, for, for media, mm-hmm. and they're having trouble getting in the swing and I yeah. don't blame them. I don't blame them.
1: No, I know it's, it's been a lot. And that's one of the things I've, I've said, because it's, it's actually tearing people apart. And I'm like, come on, don't fight with your family and friends over it. Please don't, because yeah. you need each other more than ever. So just say, Hey, let's agree to disagree. And let's just not talk about that topic because you know, fear, oh, fear. I, I hate fear. It just doesn't serve me. Everything I, I've always used fear as my motivator because it's everything I've ever got has really because I push myself to kind of um, face it or overcome it or right. or figure it out. So I, I don't like pushing fear on people because I just don't think it's good for people's immune systems or their mental health. And right. to me, that's been my biggest problem with what's going on. I'm like, I have no problem with ca- caution, but I just mm-hmm. think we've been honest. I just don't think it's I don't think it's right to just push the fear level that they've done. Because I just think it's created so much more mental health issues than, oh and, than necessary. And I just, and I feel bad because, like, going back to what I was saying about like me turning off the TV, I had to do it for my own mental health because I just realized it's like it just gave me anxiety when I turned it on. I, every commercial, every everything was just like, and I was like, oh God, I've already, I'm dealing with it every day. I listen to it at work, I listen to air, like, I just don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so I just think that, and I think a lot of people just, they need that entertainment because they don't know what else to do with their time because now they're home or they're stuck in the house. So they've just been around it. So I think that's a, that's a whole topic. Yeah.
0: It, it is a whole topic, but I, like it, the, some of this stuff just you, you see and that they report on constantly. I'm like, is this even legal to show this stuff all the time?
1: No, like, it's probably not.
0: So, you know, a few read of mine enough psychological
1: list. books no that is probably not. Confusing. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs>
0: A few friends of mine, like they watch the news and they listen to the radio on their commute, and uh, they and just guess how much more paranoid and fearful they are versus me, because I don't listen to this stuff and I, know, I just look like maybe once, once every few weeks I'm like, okay, what's open, mask or no mask? Okay, cool, cool. All right, that's enough for me, cool. But they're like every day, what are the numbers? What are the cases? And yeah, they're just they won't even see me outside. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, I know. So it's
1: tough. It's been a, it's been really it's been a really tough um, year, year and a half. And uh, yeah. God, I just, like, I can't even imagine because like just there will be so many more books and, and things written out of this or people's experiences, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know, but I just, I just try my best to try to help people uh, talk, about, talk about it or try to, try to, try to, try to keep their head above water because some people are really struggling and that's what I really worry about. I, I really worry about the people that, don't have the mental capacity to be able to handle that type of information all day long when they're being inundated with it. And they don't know, they don't know how to shut it off or they don't know what else to do or they don't have anywhere to go. So that's just what I don't, I I worry about those people because they don't have Mm -hmm. anybody. So if I give them somebody, Hey, maybe talk to this person, maybe look at this person's page, or maybe find a community of people that are doing different things or get back into a hobby or a passion, whatever it's going to do to get you out. And I think that that's something that you're really, you're a big believer of like, just find that thing that wants to get you out of the bed in the morning when you're dep- like, okay, you, you need something, just one thing and then build from there.
0: Just no matter how small. So yeah, for, for going forward, if anyone is yeah feeling in that that dark spot, it, it's depression makes you ask these huge questions that are so not useful that have no answer in the moment. Like what am I doing with my life? Like that's what comes up. Oh, thanks. God damn. Way to ask me right like that right now. No, you break it like break it down so small to the point where you can finally deal with the little piece. So i c I'm not working today, let's say. Okay. So what am I gonna do all day? I can't even be out of bed. Okay, why don't I do my laundry today? Oh, it feels like like I I can't even do that. That's the basket's too heavy. I can't move my muscles. Okay. What if I take the laundry basket out of my closet and put it on my bed? That's too much that. Okay. What if I just open my closet door? I can do that. Like straight up. Yeah. I can open the closet door. Yeah. Like if that's a step in the process and you do that, a little dopamine, like a little goal creation and success, like check market, that's enough. Yeah, like that's that's where you got to start. And then people think, oh, that's so lame. And I'm thinking I used to run 20 kilometers and bike and swim and now I can open my closet door. That's where the self love comes in and you just be proud of yourself that you did the thing. Right. And and I think that's where we got to start where that's where a lot of people are starting. It's like, cool, got to start somewhere to get somewhere else. So let's just start there.
1: Yeah, just start start wherever you gotta start, and like, and don't beat yourself up. Everybody has their everybody has their strength days and their weak days, and you know, it, you never know when something's gonna creep up on you either. So it's like, okay, it's here. All right, then just you know, love yourself and just give yourself a little bit of um, I don't know, grace and just whatever you can do, just do, but just don't
0: don't. Oh, lie. so much grace. And here's the message to end it. Yeah, everybody's fucked. Everybody right. sucks. Yeah. Everybody sucks. Come on. Like, really, everybody's everybody's scared. And everybody is trying to figure stuff out. What to do? I don't have enough money. Should I go on vacation? I'm gonna die soon. This person's sick. I lost this friend. I don't know about my job. I should get a new car. Should I vacuum it today? Should I wash it? I gotta trim the hedges. Should I eat eggs? I don't know. Should I go vegan? Everybody's figuring stuff out, asking questions. That is like. That's the human condition we're all right. fucked up we all suck you're part of the club so don't feel guilty that you feel anxious don't feel guilty that you feel low don't feel guilty that you're scared of joining the world once again everybody's freaking out and that's okay right that's okay
1: that's okay that's okay that's okay and everybody as their own person go through their own journey and that's okay. That's it. No one, no one's gonna figure it out. I absolutely love that, Scott. Scott, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your thoughts and feelings on so many things. And um, everybody, feel free to check him out because you know he has a lot of great help. And anybody that's feeling a little bit like maybe you connect with the way Scott approaches things. You know, he he is more into the individual instead of the diagnosis. So he wants to work with you, Tom, or you, Samantha, instead of working with what your what your what your Box is, to go back on that. So don't get caught up in your box and just express, uh, be happy with who you are for yourself. And uh, hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us. I'll be back next week with another episode and have a great day.